We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. One, two, three. Bullshit. Welcome to the Todd Run Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Bethay, coming to you today from the Rankin Smith Studios to talk to you about an absolutely insane week in Atlanta sports, beginning with Freddie Freeman leaving the Braves and ending with what we're going to talk about today, a failed attempt to trade for Deshaun Watson and the aftermath. We're going to take specific time to answer the question, with the Deshaun Watson saga now over, what do the Falcons do now? What do they do with Matt Ryan? If you're new to the show, please make sure to like and subscribe on your podcasting platform. You can follow us on social media, Facebook or Twitter, or you can email us, titlerunsports at gmail.com. So unless you've been living under a rock, and I doubt that's the case if you're listening to this podcast, the Falcons were dark horse candidates to land Deshaun Watson, going from not even being in the discussions over the last weekend after he was cleared from criminal indictment by a grand jury to being supposedly the front runners as of last night when I went to bed on St. Patrick's Day, with some people even going as far as to say that the deal was done and the Falcons were just waiting to work out the details to announce it. And then about 4 o'clock today, we get the announcement shocking everyone that he was going to ask for a trade to the Cleveland Browns, a team that previously this week was reported as being out of it. So that's kind of the background, and a few general observations I have about this whole Deshaun Watson situation. First of all, you have people that are really dis... First of all, I will say that as a general manager, Terry Fontenot's job is to try to get the best players he possibly can on this team so that they can win at the highest possible level. Deshaun Watson today is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. Now, Deshaun Watson's not had a better career than Matt Ryan, but today he's a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. And if you're trying to get a quarterback that gives your team the best chance to win for the longest amount of time, he's a better option. He's 27, he's not 36, and he's played at a higher level than Matt Ryan has the last couple of years, or at least the last, definitely the last year he was on the field, which was in 2020. So, I understand why you'd want to get Deshaun Watson, legal issues or not. And yes, he was likely going to face suspension, but in the grand scheme of things, you sign a 27-year-old quarterback. Even if he's suspended for the entire age 27 season, you still have him under contract for multiple more years that are going to give you a chance to win at a high level. So I get why the Falcons went after him. How you feel about his legal stuff, I won't touch. That's up to you. I can understand why people have a problem with it. I can understand why some people don't have a problem with it. I'm not really here to touch on that. But one of the observations that I want to make about why this deal falling through really isn't a horrible thing for the Falcons is that the asking price was ridiculously high. So the Texans wanted draft assets. They were very, very clear about that. And the rumor all along was that the starting price for Deshaun Watson was going to be three first-round picks. So the rumored trade that the Falcons were floating around was two ones, two twos, and an impact player. Of course, the Falcons only have three impact players in their entire roster that are eligible to play. That would be Kyle Pitts, A.J. Terrell, and Grady Jarrett. And the initial rumors were that Pitts and A.J. Terrell were both in trade discussions, which is absolutely asinine. And that's a trade that you would you should probably be fired if you make that trade. No player, no player 
Even Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers is worth six players. Four picks and two Pro Bowlers. And if you're the Falcons and you trade away your best player on both sides of the roster, you better hope Deshaun Watson can learn how to backpedal and play corner or that he can learn how to throw the ball to himself. Because obviously, if you make a trade where you give away that many assets and you already have no cap space, you are not going to be good when it gets here. <laughs> so what's the point of the trade? And for those saying, well, you know, a good quarterback can overcome that. Well, the last time Deshaun Watson played, it was for a Texans team that went 4-12. and So even he couldn't overcome a bad roster that year. And he had some weapons in Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, and he had no run game, and the defense was terrible, and he couldn't overcome that. But that's, but that's what he would have been walking into here, a bad defense, no draft picks, no cap space. And so you essentially would have made that trade and been doomed to suck for two more years. And then in 2024, you'd have cap space, you'd have your picks back, and you'd have a chance to go build a really good team. And so you'd essentially waste two years of that contract and two years of his prime. And like I said, Deshaun Watson wasn't going to fix all of our problems. He threw for 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, and the team went 4-12 and in 2020. Good stats and a bad team sounds real familiar, doesn't it? So we were going to bring him here with no Ridley, no run game, and an OL that is subpar at three of five positions. What did you think was going to happen? And that's before we found out that he got a new contract from the Cleveland Browns for five years and $230 million, which is hilarious to me because he's currently in the second year of a brand new contract that he signed with Houston in 2020. So this guy's gotten two new contracts in two years. So ultimately, ultimately, there are a lot of things about this trade not working out that are good for the Falcons. It's bad that you did not get a great player. It is good that you did not totally strip your team of draft assets and trade the two best players to, on your team, the two players that you're hoping to build around for the future. Because, again, a quarterback is important. It's the most important position, but it is not the only position on the field. <laughs> so... Here's where we're going to spend the majority of our time. Deshaun Watson's not going to become an Atlanta Falcon. What happens now? So, the way I see it, you have three options. Option number one, bring Matt Ryan back and return to business as usual. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, Matt Ryan absolutely would not want to come back. His, going to be, his feelings are going to be hurt. He'll be angry. Let me give you an example of why I don't buy that. Why I don't buy that this relationship can't be repaired. If it is strained, which we have not heard Matt Ryan say that it is. Remember in 2020 when the Green Bay Packers drafted Jordan Love in the first round? Who, by the way, is the first offensive player taken in the first round by Green Bay since he's been there. And they take a quarterback to replace him. And the response was Aaron Rodgers goes out and wins the MVP that year. He's pissing the offseason, talks about how he wants things changed, gets a lot more control, gets what he wants, returns, wins another MVP, and everything's okay now in Green Bay, at least between him and the Packers. Now, now they gave him a ridiculous contract that cost him his best receiver, which I totally predicted, but that's, that's a Green Bay issue. Do you remember in 2017 when reports came out that Bill Belichick wanted to trade Tom Brady and roll with Jimmy Garoppolo as his future quarterback because he was starting to see signs of decline in Brady? And this is after they played for the Super Bowl in both 2016 and 2017. And he started to see signs of decline and wanted to let Brady go before he was not good anymore. Robert Kraft stepped in, forced a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Belichick traded him to the 49ers. 
and the Patriots went back to business as usual, winning more Super Bowls. So I share that to say that if the GOAT can get over having his job threatened, Matt Ryan can get over having his job threatened. That's not saying that he should, but these are two of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen who their teams wanted to replace, and they were able to work it out and continue to be successful. So it's possible. And if you do bring Matt Ryan back, one of the pros is that you keep draft capital and you get a reasonable amount of cap space in 2023 when the new TV contract kicks in in the NFL. You're probably going to see a 20 to $25 million jump in the salary cap, which is going to allow you to do a whole heck of a lot more than you can do this year where we're shopping for bargain barrel free agents, some of which I really like that we picked up already. The Case Award signing was a great bargain basement signing. But essentially, without cap room, you're relegated to shopping for guys that are either hurt, old, or both. <laughs> and so with Casey Hayward, he's a guy that I believe is 32 or 33 years old. So he's old. Good player, but old. Now the cons, if you keep Matt Ryan, is that you're still not going to be a contender. There's so much that needs to be done to this roster to get it back up to a place where Matt Ryan can get you to playoff contention. He is not Tom Brady. He is not Aaron Rodgers. And the result is that all of these moves we're making around the edge of the roster probably mean you limp to another six to eight win season. You don't get a high draft pick because that's probably not going to be good enough to be in the top five. And you're still probably not any closer to finding Matt Ryan's successor when 2023 rolls around. So those are the cons of bringing Matt back. Now, option number two. Trade Matt Ryan for a younger starter. What are the options here? And, again, you're going to laugh at some of these. Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, and Kirk Cousins. So these are all guys that are younger than Matt Ryan and have contracts that will run through at least this season. So I'm not saying that any of these teams would be willing to make a trade for Matt Ryan, but I'm just saying these are probably the only five quarterbacks that you could reasonably see being guys that come in and help you win right away and that could be available. Obviously, you know, we're not going to be able to trade for Patrick Mahomes. That's not happening. So pros, if you go this route where you try to trade Matt Ryan for someone else's younger starting quarterback, you get younger and you recoup a bit of cap space possibly depending on when they make the trade and uh, how much the restructured contract of Matt Ryan accounts for cap hits this year. There's some debate about that. Some people are saying that it wasn't actually filed at the NFL, so there's a little bit of murkiness there. And the second thing is that you have an additional one or two year buffer until you can draft a long-term quarterback that you really want. So if you trade and bring back a quarterback whose contract expires in 2024, that's another two years you have to figure out what you want to do whether it's bringing back this person long-term because they do really well or drafting a replacement that you like better than them in the next two drafts. So it gives you a little bit of buffer for that. You still have a competent starting quarterback. The cons are that none of these guys are really clear upgrades. You can debate, you know, that some of them are a little bit better than Matt Ryan, but it's not like any of these guys, you you hear this list and you're like, oh yeah, that guy's, that guy's a slam dunk. That guy's going to get us the Super Bowl. <laughs> none of these guys are that or they wouldn't be available. And, you know, they're cheaper than Matt Ryan, who has the biggest cap hit in NFL history. Well, he did prior to uh, the supposed restructuring. But they're all still expensive. I mean, most of these guys are still $30 million quarterbacks, and all of them need a good supporting cast to be successful. These are not guys that you would say could take a team 
that's below average and make them a contender. So trading Matt Ryan for younger starter allows you to keep cap space. It allows you to keep draft picks. allows you to get younger. But I'm not sure it makes your team any better. I feel like you might just end up treading water with a little bit more time to find the next replacement. Now, the third option would be to trade Matt Ryan for picks and then replace him via the draft or free agency. So just for a frame of reference, Carson Wentz was just traded again a few weeks ago. Uh, the trade that he, the trade that occurred during the 2021 offseason netted a first-round pick and a third-round pick, which is really good compensation from Philly. And then this year he got traded to the Washington Commanders for two third-round picks and a conditional second. Folks, that's a lot of draft capital for a guy that nobody seems to want. So it's not crazy to think that you could get at least a second and a fourth from that, if not a second and a third. Can you imagine what you could do with that in this year's draft? So just to let you know, Indianapolis has picks number 42 in the second round, 73, which is the third-round pick, 82, which is the third-round pick, 122, which is a fourth-round pick, and 159, which is a fifth-round pick. So let me give you this scenario. Imagine all the smoke is true and Indianapolis is interested in Matt Ryan, who would immediately get them back into AFC Championship, deep playoff run contention. Because they were an 11-1 team, what, two years ago at Phillip Rivers, and I would say that Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers at this point in their careers are very comparable. But imagine the world where the Falcons ended up with their own number eight pick, the number 42 pick from Indianapolis, their own number 43 pick, the number 58 pick, the number 73 pick, and the number 82 pick from Indianapolis. That would be six picks in the top 100. If you want to talk about reshaping your roster, taking six top 100 players, you have literally remade your team in one year. And it's possible. We saw the Saints do this in 2017. So you could double down at positions of desperation, like wide receiver and edge, you could package a couple of those picks and move back up to get two first-round values, two high-end picks. Or you could plug multiple holes by picking future starters at running back, linebacker, guard, defense tackle, et cetera, et cetera. So that's not a terrible option. The issue, though, is what do you do at quarterback? <laughs> because I think we all know that we ain't riding with Felipe Franks and Josh Rosen to go into the 2022 season. So some of the free agents that you could sign off the street right now to come in and be your starter. I'm giving you my top six here, or six or seven. Ryan Fitzpatrick at 39 years old, who just is coming off of an injury. Andy Dalton for the Chicago Bears last season. Cam Newton, which we know what he is. Jameis Winston. Jacoby Brissett. Marcus Mariota. Do any of those get you really excited? I mean... And truthfully, where you land on this depends on how long you're willing to wait to be good again. Are you fine with trading Matt Ryan and letting him go to a team where he's probably going to be in the playoffs and leading them on a deep playoff run? And simultaneously watching our Falcons team get railroaded every Sunday um, with expansion-level talent. If If you have the stomach for that, then in 2023, being able to get another high pick because you stunk that, because you stunk in 2022, and, and turn the high pick into a Bryce Young or Willie Anderson, who I think could just be really elite franchise-changing talents, you'd have that, plus you could get back Calvin Ridley if the Falcons choose to bring him back, 
or trade him for more draft compensation. And then on top of all that, you'd get some cap room to make some of these splashy moves that contending teams make. So if you can stomach an absolutely terrible season 2023, the idea of trading Matt Ryan and starting from scratch may be attractive to you. Or would you prefer the have your cake and eat it too approach where the Falcons put out a bad but competitive product this year, very similar to what we saw in 2021. They go to another six to eight win season and they let our new draft picks play, take their lumps, and hopefully improve enough to either be competitive in Matt's swang song year in 2023 or to be competitive when we draft Matt's replacement in 2023 and let them start. Personally, I'm I'm honestly kind of undecided. I I like the thought of Matt having a chance to close out his career with a winner, and the Falcons being able to do a lightning fast rebuild with a just treasure trove of, of draft picks. But I'm also a fan, and I really don't know if I can relive the 2007 season. That's the Michael Vick suspension by Petrino year. Or Ben, I'm sorry, we referred to him for a long time as he who would not be named. And it's just hard to think about watching 17 weeks of a team that has absolutely zero chance of being competitive in the majority of the games they play. Having said that, the Falcons sucked in 2007, got a high draft pick, and then immediately made the best draft pick in franchise history. (laughs) The guy that we're currently talking about trading. So I don't know. Either way, I think that the decisions made the next week will be the most important decisions made in the last 15 years of Atlanta Falcons football. Because if you don't get this Matt Ryan situation right, whether it's trade him or keep him, this could set your franchise back years. So I like many of you are waiting eagerly to see what happens, and I can only hope and pray we get it right. In the meantime, I want to know what you think. Which option do you prefer? This is Dave Bethay with the Title Run Sports Podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for listening.